0: Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you and your household, your family are doing well. Uh, we are still on the subject of the blood covenant, and today I want to share with you uh, about uh, we, you know, we are, we, we are talking about new covenant blessings, and yesterday we talked about the first of the Blessings that we enjoy in the new covenant and that the people in the old covenant did not enjoy. And that is the new birth in Christ Jesus, that we are born again and that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. A new, and the new creation, actually in the Greek, it means a species of being that has never existed before and that old things are passed away and all things have become new. We have the blessings of sonship and we have direct access to the Father. And so now, Uh, We are talking about the next of the things that we enjoy in the New Covenant that those in the Old Covenant did not enjoy. And that is the Holy Spirit living in us. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. He dwells in us. Now, this is something that the Israelites in the Old Covenant did not have because in the Old Covenant, there were only prophets, priests, kings, Then there were judges and a few other individuals had the the Spirit of God. So the prophets were anointed by God. They did have the Holy Spirit. The priests were anointed by God. They had the Holy Spirit. The kings were anointed by God and they had the Holy Spirit. Then there were judges. Now it's interesting because judges were people who were not kings, but they were de facto kings. They ruled Israel, but they were judges and not kings and Joshua was a judge. And then we had uh, Samson was a judge and he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And Joshua was anointed by the Holy Spirit. So if you read the book of Judges, you read about uh, those who were appointed judges over Israel. And the judges were de facto kings, but they were not really kings formally, but they ruled Israel. They led Israel. So you had prophets, priests, kings, judges, and then there were few specific individuals who God had anointed with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and uh, thinking of them, the first one that comes to my mind right now was a man called Simeon. If you remember when Jesus was born in the Gospel of Luke, when uh, after the Lord Jesus was born and um, uh, Joseph and Mary brought him to the temple to dedicate him unto the Lord. And there was a man there called Simeon. He was not a priest. He was an ordinary Israelite. But he walked with God. He walked in the presence of God, and the Bible says that he was full of the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit had told him that he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ. and And it was interesting because he 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 was he he was prompted. You see the Holy Spirit on this man's life. He was not a prophet, priest, king, or one of the judges, but he was one of those few individuals in the Old Covenant who was and who had the Holy Spirit. And he said he was filled. With the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit prompted him and led him to the temple. So he stood in the temple, at the courts of the the temple, and as Joseph and Mary were carrying Jesus in their arms, bringing him to uh, to the temple to be dedicated, Simeon knew by the Holy Spirit who this child was. There were other parents bringing their babies, but he walked up to Joseph and Mary and took the baby from them and looked at the baby, and then he said, he said, Lord, now you can let your servant depart in peace because he was an old man. He wanted to go home to be with the Lord. And he said, Lord, now you can let your, your servant go home in peace because my eyes have seen your salvation. And uh, I, mean, I mean, just that one phrase he uttered was, uh, filled with the Spirit because when he looked at Jesus he didn't say my, my eyes have seen the Savior but my eyes have seen your salvation. So Jesus is not just the Savior but Jesus is the salvation itself. And I think of that many times. Jesus is not the healer. He is healing himself. He's not just the giver of life. He is life himself. So he's not, not only the a savior, but he is salvation himself. So Simeon, full of the spirit, he looked at the baby, picked up the baby. He said, Lord, let me let your servant now depart in peace because my eyes, these eyes have seen your salvation. Hallelujah. So you see that. In the Old Testament, the, the number of people who had the Holy Spirit was very, very limited. It was the prophets, the priests, the kings, the judges, and a few other individuals who had the Spirit of God. But in the New Testament, the New Covenant, this is the promise. In Joel 2, 28, 29, it talks about the last days, and I know this was about the last days because this came to pass on the day of Pentecost. And when the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost, Peter actually stood up and quoted this verse. He actually got up and quoted this verse and he says, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also Upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. So the new covenant promise, the old covenant, the Holy Spirit was upon a few chosen individuals, and uh, and then when the new covenant it says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. God is saying that He is going to pour out the Spirit not only upon a few individuals who are called to certain offices, but he shall pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. That means upon all mankind, upon anybody. That means that every man, woman and child, of course the prerequisite is that they receive Jesus. So the the wonderful thing is that God promises that every man, woman or child who receives the Lord Jesus Christ as his Lord and surrenders his life to him can receive the Holy Spirit. It is a promise to everybody. So he says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your old men shall see dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. And then he says, And also upon the servants and the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit. So that's, we have that promise in the New Covenant about the Holy Spirit coming upon everybody who wants to receive. Now, the words of Jesus about the Holy Spirit, this is what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He says, if you really love me, you will keep my commands and I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener and stand by that he may remain with you forever. So. Jesus said about the Holy Spirit, you know, God promised that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, but, but look at how Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit before he says, I will ask the and I will ask the father. That means that this is connected to the previous verse, which is verse 15. And Jesus said, if you really love me, you will keep my commandments. Isn't it simple? So, you know, a lot of people say, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Listen, If you love Jesus, you will keep his word. It's as simple as that. So who is it who loves Jesus? The people who love Jesus are those who keep his word. So uh, in other words, I can't say I love, you see, loving Jesus isn't an emotional thing because some people say, well, you know, I can, I can, uh, uh," some guys say I can live together with a man and still love Jesus. A woman would say, I can live with another woman and be married to another woman and I can I can still love Jesus well to love Jesus means to obey his word or I can commit adultery I can commit fornication and I can still live love Jesus or you you can't because or, or I don't like to read the Bible but I love Jesus you can't do that because you see a prerequisite to loving Jesus is to keep his word. So if a man, Jesus said, if you love, really love me, you will keep my word. That means if you don't keep my word, you don't love me because if my word says this and you don't do this, but you choose to do that, then you don't really love me because if you love me, you will keep my word. So he says, if you really love me, you will keep my word. That means that if we love Jesus, we will keep his word. Then he says, and I will ask you the father and he will give you another comforter Counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that we may re- re- remain with you forever. So the Holy Spirit is given to those who obey his word. Let's put it that way. The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey his word. So I sometimes hear people say, oh, he's spirit filled, but he lives in sin. I'm sorry. You can't be spirit filled and live in sin because if you are living in sin you're not obeying his word so you can't be spirit-filled. God couldn't have given you his spirit because God gives his spirit to those who obey not to perfect people but to those who live in obedience to his word. God, The prerequisite to receive the Holy Spirit isn't that you're a perfect human being, but it is that you love Jesus and that you love his word and keep his word. So sometimes when people say, oh, he's spirit-filled, but of course he's not living for God. Listen, if you're not living for God, you are not spirit-filled. Or if you're living, he's spirit-filled, but he lives in sin. He's spirit-filled, but he lives together with his girlfriend. He's spirit-filled, but he has one problem. He has sex all the time. Listen, if you do these things you are not spirit filled okay i'm not being overly harsh i'm just saying that a prerequisite to being filled with the holy spirit is that you love you love jesus and you obey his word and if you ever break his word you breach his word you're quick to repent and quick to make things right and if you're if you're that kind of person your heart is set on obeying the word of god doing the will of god God will give you the holy spirit so that's a prerequisite so jesus says if you love me you will keep my word And then I will ask the Father and he will give you another comforter. And I'm reading from the Amplified because the Amplified really Kind of gives you the full meaning uh, in the Greek and says he's the counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener and standby. Standby means one who comes and stands alongside you and that he may remain with you forever. That means if we love Jesus, we keep his word. God will give us the Holy Spirit and he'll be our counselor. He'll stand with us and he'll be a helper. He'll intercessor. Intercessor means that one who comes alongside to take a hold of it together with you. Advocate. Advocate is one who speaks on your behalf. Strengthener, one who gives you power and strength. And, and says, he will be with you forever. Then says verse 17, and he's the spirit of truth. He's talking about this wonderful Holy Spirit. He's saying that he's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or welcome or take it to his heart because it does not see him or know or recognize him. So God is saying that I will give you the Holy Spirit. And he's the Spirit of Truth, and the world does not receive him because the world does not see him or know him or recognize him. But you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. So Jesus is saying the world doesn't recognize him, world doesn't recognize the Holy Spirit, but he lives with you, and he will he will be in you. And then verse eighteen says, "I will not leave you as orphans." That means comfortless comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn or hopeless, but I will come back to you just a little while now and the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me and because I live, you will live also at that time when that day comes, you will know for yourself that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. The person who has my commandments and keeps them, that means the person who has my word and keeps the word, he is the one who really loves me. See, again, Jesus is repeating the same thing that he started this, uh, this passage of scripture with. He says that uh, he who has my word and who keeps my word, he is the one who really loves me. That means, in other words, talk is cheap. Anyone can say, I love you, Jesus, but he who has my word and keeps my word, he is the one who really loves me. And he, who who whoever really loves me, will be loved by my father. So that means that if you really love me and you love my word, you will know the father's love. And I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. So that means that if we... Uh, love Jesus we will keep his word and if we keep his word he will give us his Holy Spirit and then it says he, he will also be loved by the Father and I will love him and I will show reveal manifest myself to him that means that Jesus will manifest himself to those who love his word. He says, I will be clearly seen by him and I will make myself real to him. So there are many people who say, oh, I want to experience Jesus as real. I want to see his glory. You will. If you love his word and walk with him, you will see his word. You will know him and you will experience him in that way. Okay. So uh, John 15 verse 26. and. Here it says, But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. So Jesus is saying, when the Holy Spirit will come, he will speak of me. So the Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always point to Jesus and will always testify of him. Then it says here, it says, How be it when he... The Spirit of Truth is come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, he shall that he shall speak, and he shall show you things to come. It says, when the Holy Spirit is come, he will lead you into all truth. And he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he shall show you things to come. Now, let me... Let let me stop here and pause. This has nothing to do with my subject, but it is important I bring this out. So some people look at this verse, right? And they say, oh, that means I don't need to be in church. I don't need any teachers and I don't need any pastors to teach me. In fact, I have the Holy Spirit and um, he guides me into all the truth because this is what the verse, verse says. He says he he will the Holy Spirit will guide me into all truth. So why do I need a pastor? Why do I need to be part of the church? Why do I need Bible teachers? And then whatsoever he shall hear, he shall speak. And, you know, I just all I need is the Holy Spirit. So I'm with the Holy Spirit and he teaches me everything. Listen, that is wrong. You know why? Firstly, here's here are some rules about interpreting scripture. You can never take an isolated verse of scripture. Right. And build your belief on that what you have to do you have to find other scriptures that talk about the same thing put them together and let the scriptures interpret each other let scriptures interpret each other and what then the scriptures say as they interpret each other they come to a conclusion where all the scriptures say the same thing And that is the correct interpretation. Because if you're in a situation where you have one scripture that to you in your mind says this, and then there are other scriptures that really don't say the same thing, that speak sometimes the opposite, then you're wrong. So, for example, when it comes to teaching us, right? So, here it says that the Holy Spirit will come, he shall guide us into all truth. Correct. That's correct. But in Ephesians chapter 5, it says God has set in the church and so the apostles, prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And Why? He says so they can do the work of the ministry and build up the body. So God has raised up apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and they are gifted by God to build and equip you and me so that I can come into his fullness. So if you look through the scripture, you'll suddenly find that it is not only the Holy Spirit who teaches us, but it's also the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. God uses them to speak to us, to teach us. So what do you mean? What I mean is this, when you put all these scriptures together, so you say, okay, fine. If I want to learn and to grow, I need the Holy Spirit, yes, he, because He's my teacher, but I also need the teachers who are in the body of Christ. I need the pastors who God uses to teach. I need the evangelists who God uses to teach. I use the past, the prophets, and I need the apostles. I need. So what happens? When you have that, then you suddenly realize you can't just stand on this verse alone. I don't need the church. I don't need any teachers. I don't need any pastors. The Holy Spirit teaches me. No, but I need all these things because they're different scriptures. They talk about, it's like a diamond has many facets and each verse, instead of giving you the whole truth, it gives you a facet of truth. So you put or take all the scriptures together and you put them together and then you have the full diamond. So one facet says the Holy Spirit is my teacher. The other facet says the. I need the pastor who God has anointed to teach me to bring me to perfection to bring me to maturity. Then the other facet will say I need the evangelist. I need the evangelist. Then I need the apostle. I need the prophet. I need the teacher. So you put all these scriptures together. So the uh the the way of really living the Christian life is you're filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. And then you're part of a good church where they preach the word of God, which is not political or traditional, but uh, where the pastor teaches the word then they have evangelists come in who teach and build up the body. they have apostles, they have prophets, they have Bible teachers. And so you have all these influences al- 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 alongside you. Then it also says we should submit to one another. Then I have friends and my peers who... And we speak into each other's lives. So as you have all these things in your life, that is when you grow into perfection. Not picking up one scripture and ignoring other scriptures and building a doctrine on it. I hope I'm making myself clear. So it says uh, that when the spirit of truth is come, he shall guide you on to all truth. So the Holy Spirit is the one... Who teaches us and guides, guides us into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself. But whatsoever, whatsoever things he hear. That he shall speak. And he shall show you things to come. He, and then it says. He shall glorify me. That means the Holy Spirit will glorify Jesus. The Holy Spirit never never came to glorify a man. Or a man's ministry. Or a preacher. He came to glorify Jesus. He didn't come to bring Build a fan club around a man, and uh, but he came to glorify Jesus. And then he says, Because he shall take, receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit will receive that which is of Jesus and make it known to you. Then he says, All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said, I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So Jesus is manifested uh, in and us. Through the world. So, you know, we are, we are talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus he manifests Himself through us to the world. So, through two, two things. Firstly, are the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the secondly, are the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are this the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit reveal the character of Jesus Christ. The nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Reveal the power of Jesus Christ. So we need both. So the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives are twofold. And it is through these things that Jesus is revealed and manifested through us to the world. You know, sometimes people say the only Jesus people will ever know is the one who lives in you, which is true. Because Jesus wants to reveal himself, manifest himself to the world through you and in you and through me and in me and there are two things which he shows to the world one is the fruit of the spirit the second are the gifts of the spirit the fruits of the spirit show the character of Christ the gifts of the holy spirit show the power of Christ now there's another difference between the gifts and the fruits is that the gifts uh, are 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 put are just imparted right? For example, you got a Christmas tree, you put gifts under it. So you got this tree and this wonderful gifts there, but the gifts under the tree are not grown from the tree. They are put there by people, put there by the family. So that's what the gifts are. Gifts are put there. So because the gifts are put there, the gifts say nothing about the tree, right? They just talk about the gift who person who Put the gifts there. So the gifts never say anything about the tree. So if you have the gifts in your life, they don't say anything. They don't reveal anything about you or your character because they're put there by God. They're tools given to you for a purpose. But the fruits are the thing; are things that grow in your life as you walk with Jesus. That is the difference. Gifts are imparted, but fruits grow from you. They grow out of you. And they are the ones who really reveal your character to the world. When people see you and they see the fruit of the spirit, that's when they know that Christ really lives in it. Okay, so the fruit of the spirit we find in Galatians 5, 23. It says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that means the work with, I'm reading from the Amplified, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that means the work with his presence within you and me accomplishes. So the Holy Spirit living in us, the work that he accomplishes in us, these are the things. is love, joy, peace, patience, and patience means an even temper and forbearance, kindness, goodness, goodness means generosity and benevolence, faithfulness, gentleness, that means meekness and humility, self-control. That means self-restraint. Against such things, there is no law that nothing can bring a charge against those people. So these are the fruits of the Spirit. Again, but the fruit of the Spirit as the Spirit lives in me and does his work in me, this is what you will say in my life. It's love, a love for God and a love for people. Joy, that means gladness of heart. Thirdly, peace. I talked a couple of days about the peace of God and patience. That means an even temper. People who have a hard, hot temper get angry easy. They are not walking in the fruits of the Spirit. Temper, forbearance. Forbearance means you have a lot of patience and love and mercy upon people. Kindness. Goodness. Goodness means uh, benevolence and uh, generosity. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is the fruit of the Spirit. Then it says gentleness. Gentleness means meekness and humility, walking in humility, not in pride or arrogance, walking in meekness, self-control. That self-control means an ability to restrain your character, self-restraint against such things. There is no law. So these are the fruits of the Spirit. Now, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit reveal the power of Jesus. But the manifestation of in 1 Corinthians twelve seven to eleven. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. He says, "For to one is given by the Spirit the word the word of wisdom; to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit; to another faith by the same Spirit; to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit; to another the working of miracles; to another prophecy; to another discerning of spirits; to another diverse kinds of tongues; to another the interpretation of tongues." But all these things work at that one and self same Spirit divine to every man severally as he will. Now now, I don't want to go into these with details, but you can go into another subject I taught. The series has got, I think, 16 lessons and it's on the person and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I talk about the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is. Then I talk about the gifts of the Spirit and you can go and watch those videos. It's all in my YouTube channel. Uh, Christopher Alam 1 or Deuteronomy's World Ministries. So you will see, I talk about the gifts of the Spirit in depth, and I explain each of them what they are. But the, the bottom line is this, that Jesus, this is, this is a blessing that we have in the new covenant that the, Israelis didn't, that the Israelites did not enjoy in the old covenant. They did not enjoy these blessings in the old covenant, but we enjoy them in the new covenant. Covenant and and those and amongst them are you know with the Holy Spirit living in us the Israelites didn't have them we have it but the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit in us revealing the character of Christ in through us the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit revealing the power of Christ through us. And so we talked about the fruits of the Spirit, and those are the character traits that are developed as the Holy Spirit lives in us, as we yield to Him, and then we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So this is is wonderful, and I want to finish this segment. Uh, and in Acts 1 8 it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So When Jesus said, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, you shall receive power. And that word power actually means brute force, the power, the force of the Holy Spirit to work miracles. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And this is one thing that the old people in the Old Covenant didn't have, the power of God living in them. So it says, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon us, and he did on the day of Pentecost, and he did the day... I was baptized with the Holy Spirit in early uh, 1918, Uppsala, Sweden. It says, when the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, you shall receive power and you shall be my witnesses. We shall be witnesses and a witness is somebody who can give evidence in court. That means we are proof producers. We give evidence to the world that Jesus Christ is not dead, but he is alive. And we shall be witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So We shall testify and prove to the people through signs, wonders and miracles that Jesus is alive. And this is a wonderful blessing we have in the new covenant that the people in the old covenant didn't enjoy. Anyway, let us stop now and tomorrow I will be with you again and I believe that will be the last, last lesson in this subject that will bring us to 51 lessons talking about the blood covenant. And after that, we shall go into the next subject, we are going to talk about that. And I'll tell you tomorrow what it is. But let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who have been hearing my word. I are hearing the words of my mouth and hearing your word and learning from your holy word. I ask you to speak. To them, continue to speak to them, continue to bless them and use them mightily. May they be witnesses of the wonderful things that you have done, Father. Father, I pray for each one who has any needs in his family, financial needs, needs of healing, needs of blessing in their lives. I ask you to touch them and bless them, Father. Do your work in them in the name of Jesus. Father, be glorified through our lives and let us bear much fruit. For the glory of your Son, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell in us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, God bless you, and I'll be seeing you again tomorrow.